You're listening to the Homebody Podcast with Anna, the Anxiety Coach, counselor, coach, author, and anxiety specialist. Here, we talk all things real and raw when it comes to the human experience and the challenges that we may face throughout the journey of life. Open the metaphorical door to expanding your mind and reconnecting with your body and get ready for the actionable and effective steps that will guide you to coming home to your body. Let's dive into the show. Welcome back to another episode of the Home Body Podcast. I am your host, Anna, the Anxiety Coach. And today I am going to be answering a question that one of my audience members put forward about doing a lot of trauma therapy, but is it normal for things to feel worse before actually feeling better and healing? Now, this is a probably under-talked about topic of the healing journey and the non-linear nature that comes with moving through really difficult emotions and experiences and trauma and just navigating that in conjunction with day-to-day life as well. So in the next 20 minutes or so, we're going to unravel this kind of intricate dance between the ups and the downs, the highs and the lows of healing processes. And while we kind of glamorize this idea of healing and kind of coming out the other side and feeling renewed and more like yourself than ever before. This quite often isn't the case when you're in the process. And if you think of the healing journey as a lifelong journey, then it's really important to start to see how natural this ebb and flow is when it comes to how we're feeling on a day-to-day basis what we're actually bringing up and how that is going to impact our mental health, our manifestation of our mental health on a day-to-day basis, as well as how we kind of view ourselves in the context of our healing journey, which can quite often become something that we see as a negative thing. This isn't working for me. I'm not getting better because we have to go through these ups and downs. Now, in my own personal journey, I can attest that 100%, this is something that I have gone through that many times that I almost welcome it now because it signifies to me that you are doing the work. You are kind of touching the parts of yourself that mean something to you, that we have made something mean and that have also kind of become fragmented or disjointed or disconnected from ourselves too. And when we touch those parts, it is going to kick up a whole lot of dust when we do that, that makes us look at ourselves from different perspectives or different angles or question ourselves or just feel emotions that we aren't necessarily wanting to feel as well. Now, I want to introduce you to this concept of the messy middle. And maybe that's an understatement because the messy middle is not necessarily always smack bang in the middle of a healing journey, but it is worth giving it this name and understanding it in a little bit more detail because we want to unpack this idea that healing can often feel like taking two steps backwards before we actually move forward. Feeling worse before feeling better is a phenomenon that so many of us experience, but it's not always easy to articulate. It's not always easy to express. It's not always easy to really understand why it's happening as well. And at its core, it's really about facing the deep-rooted issues and emotions that have, for various reasons, been buried or overlooked for a long time. Now, if, for example, you were like me, 
when I went through my traumatic experience of being on a roller coaster accident, the anger that I felt afterwards that I carried with me for a really long time was really just the surface of me unpacking my emotions. That was the expression of my fight response. But underneath that anger, there was a lot of freeze response, that disconnection, that disillusionment, that feeling of deep, deep, deep grief and sadness that sat in my bones. And when I started to kind of move through the anger, that is what started to come up. And I was like, whoa, 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 this is not what I signed up for. This was not the emotion that I thought I was attending to. And when I had to touch that emotion, when I actually uncovered and realized that was the emotion that was the response system. That was the survival uh, strategy that my body had kind of employed at the time. It put me into a deep state of depression. And I went through many cycles of going through this depressive states, which I, I got diagnosed with major depressive disorder and generalized anxiety disorder. So titrating between those two states. But for a long time, I was in this highly kind of manic anxious state of the fight response and that's when I started to uncover this deeper freeze state as disconnection of depressiveness in my body that real slowing down of my systems the lack of motivation to do things and this just deep sense of grief and sadness that sat within me now as a society for whatever reason we have this kind of prevailing notion that healing is going to be this linear journey right it's going to be a clear path from a to be from pain to resolution once we go through this thing or once we talk about it or once we quote unquote heal this thing then we're going to feel better we're going to be different we're going to kind of feel whole again and we often encounter these narratives that emphasize progress as a straight line neatly moving upward however this is a really really oversimplified view that neglects the messy reality that healing is rarely a straightforward ascent from bottom to top the societal pressure to adhere to this linear model can lead individuals to question our own progress where they find themselves in the midst of this messy middle, right? And so that is where I found myself time and time again with this fear of I will never get better because I was going to therapy, I was doing all of the things, I was attending to my emotions, I was speaking about them, I was bringing life into them. And as a result of that, I felt like I was digging myself deeper into this hole. And that made me extremely self-critical of myself. That made me feel like a failure. And I remember turning to my husband and saying, like, what is wrong with me? Everything was going well. And now I feel like I just cannot move myself out of this state. And that was really hard to kind of navigate when I didn't understand that it wasn't this linear journey, that the reality was we titrate because our body is trying to protect us. 
we move between different states of survival responses and survival mechanisms in order to kind of touch different wounds and parts of ourselves that we are prepared for and ready for at that point in time. Now, we often have this kind of like gung-ho attitude that we're doing the work and we want to attend to all of the discomfort and trauma and pain, but our body and our mind understand intrinsically what we can actually handle and it only gives us what we are prepared for. And the reason why it does this is because if we were had access to all of the memories or all of the emotions or all of the depth of pain that we had experienced all at once, this would be extremely, extremely re-traumatizing for us. And so we kind of get these breadcrumbs and bits and pieces. So we attend to an uncomfortable emotion. We have a bit of a memory that we can touch. We understand something about ourselves, this small incremental building of awareness and self-awareness, as well as the moving through and processing of those things. And then as we start to get those wheels turning, then we get a little bit more. Okay, this emotion feels a little bit heavier. This memory feels a little bit more intense. This part of myself feels a little bit more disconnected. It's kind of like this ramping up process in which we are building resilience into our system in order for us to attend to these different parts of ourselves in a way that's not going to be so overwhelming that it pushes us back into this trauma response. And of course, when we are getting these next steps of our healing journey of something a little bit deeper, of something a little bit more intense, of something a little bit more challenging to attend to, it's going to feel much more heavy when we are in those emotions. So it's really, really important to understand that your journey and no one's journey when it comes to healing, when it comes to trauma, when it comes to regulating your nervous system, when it comes to overcoming anxiety, when it comes to overcoming chronic stress even, that it is always, always, always not going to be linear. We have a non-linear nature of healing journeys. As an individual, as the people undergoing it, there are going to be marked highs and lows, setbacks and breakthroughs. And the idea is that we are kind of priming ourselves and building up our strength in order to continue to go deeper. So I really want you to start to shift your ideas around I'm going backwards or this feels worse or I should be getting better to going, I am building strength in order to attend to whatever it is that I need to face next. And if you're in one of those lows, just know that you are exactly where you need to be in order to move through that low so that you can experience the next high to regain your confidence and then go back into that next deeper level again. So we want this movement up and down, highs and lows, the the good and the bad, the distressing and the, the exciting. We want this natural kind of titration between these peaks and troughs because that is what allows us to A, build our confidence, B, build our resilience, and see, not overwhelm ourselves all at once. So it is a very good thing 
that we often feel worse before we feel better, right? Another thing that I think is really important to address is that this concept of if I ask you, what do you want in life? A lot of people will say, I just want to be happy. And the true reality is that when we look at happiness, it is made up of so many different parts of experiences, of emotions, of people, of things, of ourselves Within that experience, there are trials and tribulations that contribute to that happiness too. It is not this linear ascent to like ecstatic happiness that we kind of forget about why it feels so good when we are in the moment of pure happiness, right? And generally that is because we know what it feels like to not be in that state of joy and happiness, Without that knowledge of not knowing what it would feel like to feel any different than happiness, you wouldn't really understand the true depth of that joy and happiness, right? And it's the same with our healing journey. We can't truly experience these deep and connective and empathic experiences that make us feel so alive, that makes us feel so connected, that make us feel like we want to be here on this planet. Unless we have experienced challenges, unless we have faced the darkness, unless we have sat in that discomfort, because they are the things that really give us the capacity to go after life with a renewed perspective, with a renewed energy, with a renewed vitality and willingness to be here and now and connected to our mind and body. So recognizing and accepting the nonlinear path is really crucial for understanding that the feeling of being worse off before feeling better is not a sign of failure by any means or any stretch of the imagination but a really integral part of the healing process. And just like you are an extremely complex human being, so too are your emotions. Just like we talked about how your mind and body protect you from experiencing or re-experiencing certain memories, emotions, trauma, feelings, etc. in order to protect us, your emotions have certain layers like an onion as well. If we zoom in on the emotional landscape of healing, it's it's not just about addressing the surface level pain. And this can be very confronting when we start our healing journey because what we actually thought was the issue, what we actually felt on the day-to-day basis that was the most challenging thing for us to feel is not actually the problem and it's never really going to be the first thing that pops up that is actually the true root cause or issue that is going on it really involves delving into the layers of emotions that may have been buried for years within ourselves and these layers can include experiences and emotions like grief trauma joy and everything else in between and so we have to traverse each of these emotions individually as they come up we can't just go in address that surface level emotion for me in my case it was anger then okay underneath that anger I was like okay I feel a little bit better and then it was like bam okay here's some crippling grief for you to deal with and so every time I would attend to a certain emotion a certain experience a certain sensory physical experience of my body and my mind something else would pop up 
and you just keep attending to these different emotions, every single layer that kind of uncovers and shows itself to you and breathe light into it to sit in that discomfort, to actually feel and process and release and then restore. So you can kind of imagine it like cleaning out a really cluttered room to make space for something new and beautiful to take hold. But when you are going through that cluttered room, and if you were ever like me, I was a super messy teenager and kid, I would find things that would bring up memories as I was cleaning out my room. So I'd go through all of the piles of clothes or I'd find an old piece of jewelry or a photograph or something that reminded me of a moment in time that would bring up different emotions. That is exactly what we are doing when we start our healing journey. And sometimes there are parts of ourselves that we did not even remember existed or parts of ourselves that have been protecting younger versions of ourselves for so many years that we didn't know that existed within us. One of the most common experiences that it's really important for us to address here is the initial intensification of emotional struggles when we begin facing unresolved issues. Like I said, it's like kicking up the dust or stirring up sediment at the bottom of a pond. The water can become quite murky before it becomes clearer. So similarly, facing unresolved issues can temporarily intensify emotions, making the journey feel much more intense, much tougher and much more challenging before we step out of that murky water and back into the clear water. Now, as we're going through our healing journey, it is a hugely introspective and self-reflective process that really turns the magnifying glass in on ourselves. And that can be really intense too when we are in this constant state of looking inwards, when we are having our thoughts and feelings reflected back to us by other people, whether it's therapists or coaches or counselors or support people as well. When they're shining a light on those parts of ourselves, that can be really intense too. And so one thing that I think is very, very important to understand as you are going through your healing journey is that you really have to make time to take a break from the healing, doing the work from time to time because it does get quite exhausting. And this might not be a popular opinion, but this is something that I think just for the longevity of being able to navigate the ups and downs, being able to actually be present in our day-to-day life and being able to maintain a relationship with ourselves and other people, it is really important that we are not overloading and flooding ourselves with the constant bombardment of information and self-reflection. And I see this a lot in clients where they're like, I listen to this self-help podcast. I'm currently reading this book. I'm doing the coaching sessions. I'm doing this program. I follow all of these Instagrams and social medias. And I totally get it. We want to do all of the things, especially when we start to gain that momentum in our journey. The problem with this is that our brain isn't designed to 24-7 be in this state of processing information. Just like when we sleep at night, our body needs to have a period of rest and a period of space between difficult and heavy emotions that can be often a detrimental and almost counterintuitive and counter, sorry, counterproductive thing for us to do 
every single day. And so that's not to say that you can't listen to your self-help podcast and read the books and follow the social medias and do all the work, but it does mean that we also have to make room for play, for connection, for light to come in, for distraction from the inner work in and of itself. And so I really encourage you that you also counterbalance that with things that create play and distraction in your life as well. So what actually just feels really good, what takes you out of thinking so much about who you are and how you are in the world and puts you into a flow state. So for me, that's baking. I love cooking and baking food. And when I'm doing that, I'm not thinking of anything else. I also love gardening and doing that with my husband. So when I'm doing that, I'm not introverting. I'm not thinking about all of the things that are going on for me. I'm very present with the action that I am doing. And so I create this space. And what that space actually gives you is so much perspective. Because when you are in the eye of the storm, it's really hard to kind of see where the end in sight is. And it's really hard to get a different perspective on yourself as well. So if you can create space, you give yourself the benefit of holding up a mirror from a different angle and you are going to have so much more growth and realizations, but also give yourself a rest from the darkness, from the deep work that you are doing on a constant basis as well. So I really encourage you to explore what those resources are for you, whether they're grounding resources, whether they're somatic resources, creative resources are really, really important in this space because creative play activates different neural circuitry and pathways that allow us to start to think outside of the same grooved circuitry and pathways that we always have as well. And so if we can kind of expand our thinking, if we can expand the ways in which we're looking at ourselves or looking at our problem or looking at our past, then we start to give ourselves a lot more perspective. So creative play or creative resources, they can be things, like I said, like gardening is a creative play. Baking is a creative play. Maybe you like to coloring in and drawing, or maybe you like to sing in the shower, or maybe you like to just roll around like a burrito, right? Find what that is for you and make sure that you intentionally create space for that that just playfulness, the reconnective, the distractive space that really allows us to cultivate much more resilience and perspective on this journey as well. All right, so I am going to wrap up this episode now and I just really want to extend my deepest gratitude to each and every one of you for tuning in. Your presence and openness contributes to the rich tapestry of discussion that I get to have with you and vice versa. So just remember that if you have any questions or you want to reach out or you have something that you want to chat about on the podcast, then send me a message on Instagram at Anna the Anxiety Coach or send me an email to support at AnnaTheAnxietyCoach.com. I hope that you have enjoyed this episode. I cannot wait to be with you again in the next one. 